Let me start with Neil Vec there for a few moments. He's busy because I know he's got some networks over there, a lot of national media in town, including some of the national media, a lot of national media listening to my show this morning as they did last week um, and uh, some news. But Neil joining us this morning. Neil, hard to believe, I think, maybe not for you, but it is for me. 20 days to go before the first actual votes are cast in New Hampshire's first in the nation presidential primary. And I'm beginning to feel, Neil, and a lot of people had their doubts this summer when the DNC and Joe Biden decided to screw over New Hampshire, not run here, ignore the early contest, and kind of have the party bosses get it going in states later. But I'm kind of getting the feeling that New Hampshire is going to matter in terms of the so-called optics of Biden and Trump, if that's what it's going to be in 2024. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. I think it already does matter, and I think that up until now, you know, if if we had a whiteboard about the campaign, we could sort of dry erase it now and, and start from the beginning, because people are getting tuned into politics now because they're back to school, they're back to work after the uh, holidays, and I think now with so much activity, you know, you've that interview we just heard with Nikki Haley is uh, obviously a uh, uh, an example of this, where you have a candidate crisscrossing the state, and people are picking up on it, and they're tuning into what they're saying. Well, what, do you, what what's going on here? What are the dynamics you're watching here? I'm not hearing a lot of energy around the effort to write in Joe Biden, although the I see some lawn signs in Portsmouth, but not a lot of energy. It's actually a lot to go write someone in whose name's not already printed on the ballot by choice. But on the Republican side, what are you sensing? What are you hearing? Is is this race really tightening? And is it, in fact, a race between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump? Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, is it Trump still to lose, or are we missing something here? I think there's a lot of excitement on the Republican side. I think that I think that there's a lot of uh, momentum that Nikki Haley has, and it's been going right through. Remember, we've had the holidays, so we didn't have any polling during that period of time. So we don't know. We know going into the holidays that Sununu made an endorsement. We saw things getting very tight. Now, what what do we see now? Trump has high expectations. Nikki Haley has low expectations. She's been surging in the polls. She's out there campaigning, as we just heard, out there through New Hampshire. I think that there could be something going on here, and I think everything is ripe for a real New Hampshire story where voters come out and say, you know what, Nikki Haley's the future, I'm going to vote for her. And uh, we could have sort of an upset that really shakes the dynamic of the 2024 presidential election. That is definitely possible. I think people who are ignoring that are not watching what's going on here in New Hampshire and the campaigning that's going on and the messaging. What's your take as an academic, um, Bill Binney's chairman of Binney Media, and making this endorsement, his former U.S. Senate candidate, sought-after endorsement because he also is a pretty tenacious fundraiser and a business leader, um, deciding to come in at this point, 20 days to go for Nikki Haley. Now, that doesn't, that's not reflective of the group or any position of Binney Media or the pulse of nature, certainly me or my show, but what's your reaction to uh, you know, the, the chairman of a media entity kind of jumping in we haven't seen a lot of that. The last time I think I remember this is the when the union leader, New Hampshire leader, was more vibrant in the day where they would endorse someone in a primary with a few weeks to go. What's your take on that? I think it's big, and I think the fact that he actually sort of conducted this editorial board interview while he was on the show is really interesting, too. But I think it goes to the fact that a lot of people that are engaged in politics are now sort of going towards Haley. And he's a very well-established 
respected business person. And I think that if he really sort of aims sort of some of the energy that he has towards her candidacy, as he's indicated he's going to do, I think that's going to make a big difference. And you're right. You know, the people who are closest to politics, whether they be in newspapers, television, or the radio, they when they make an endorsement, I think it makes a difference because they're engaged in it, and they're seeing the stuff both on the front page but also behind the scenes. All right, Neil Levesque, Institute of Politics, San Anselm College. We look forward to being there on primary day. Neil, we'll catch you real soon, probably in the next day or two on the show. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Jack. All right, going to switch gears, Seacoast Online. Uh, great article, by the way, in the last day or two, Seacoast Online, about the expansion and the development, just all the uh, big stuff happened at the Pease International Trade Port. But one of the folks who speaks and writes for Seacoast Online, our own Alicia Preston Xanthopoulos, APX, I hope you're going to be part of our primary coverage, at least calling in on the 23rd. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, good. I saw you a picture. I saw a picture of you and your family with one of these candidates. Yeah, last night we went and saw Nikki Haley and Rye, brought my kid and her friend, and uh, it was a great experience. I mean, it was, there was a very exciting vibe in the room, um, a full room, and she did a great job. And what I found really fascinating about the crowd last night, and there had to be, I don't know, four or 500 people there, is um, they were very attuned to everything she was saying. It wasn't just a rally. It wasn't just, let me cheer you on for whatever you say. It was people applauding and cheering some things, a little quieter on other things. They were an attentive, listening, New Hampshire voter crowd there to actually learn about the candidate, not just, you know, sycophants there to cheer on their rock star. And I think that's so important. And I think she probably won a lot of people over last night. All right. What else is catching your eye? And here we go. What do you think? Is this right in effort for Joe Biden, the incumbent Democrat, is not even on the ballot here because he doesn't re- basically ignoring New Hampshire, not respecting our primary? Is that going to work? Are people actually going to in droves go right in Joe Biden with a lack of energy, especially among Democrat voters, younger voters for Joe Biden and, and Vice President Harris? Is it going to be successful or not? It'll probably be successful. He's the incumbent president. I think there'll probably be a lower turnout for Democratic voters than Republican voters, because why bother? He's going to be the nominee if he wants to be. So, you know, why bother to go vote? But there'll be enough that, um, you know, he'll win. But no, I don't think there's a lot of excitement. I think New Hampshire Democrats are rightfully upset that, you know, what, don't have the first primary here. You guys are too white or whatever nonsense it is. It's offensive. And I think voters are smart enough to be offended by it. All right. Well, let's get back to the Republican race is, you know, of course, if Donald Trump wins big here, even though some have dropped off and Ron DeSantis is spending more time in Iowa, it seems, in the caucus process. Chris Christie, more time here, but Vivek Ramaswamy, both. But I'm not sure if these other people are plateauing. And if Nikki Haley is moving and the polls are tightening, um, does Trump still win New Hampshire in 20 days, big in the primary or not, if you had to say today? I had to say today, I'd say... Uh, he may win the primary, but it's going to be a whole lot closer than anyone predicted it would have been two months ago. That being said, um, as Neil just said, momentum is on Nikki's side. Her trajectory is only moving up, and it's moving up at a rapid pace. You know, her fourth quarter fundraising numbers came out. She took in four times more than she had at any previous quarter. This is all demonstrative of the energy that is behind her. And as I've said before, I think we have to remember, 
40% of the state of New Hampshire voters are independents. They have no reason to pull a Democratic ballot. They'll pull a Republican one. And most of those, if they're independents, they're not pulling it for Donald Trump. I think it is possible there will be an upset in the New Hampshire primary. Well, listen, you just touch upon the wild card, those independent voters. And the question is, are they going to participate in an appreci- in, a, in a significant number or not in the Republican primary? Right, and that's the key. And But you think they you know, will? I think if they're properly targeted, there's a couple of political action committees out there that are working to target independents to inform them that they can vote, that they should vote, here's how to vote, and here's why to vote for Nikki Haley. And I think if that is an effective, micro-targeted campaign, that, yeah, you can give them energy, too. And that's what they need. And, you know, a lot of people look at undeclared or independents and say, oh, it's, they're apathetic. It's not true in New Hampshire. Our independent voters are very involved in the government and political system. And it's just saying, let's coalesce behind one person so it's somebody other than Donald Trump, which Republicans like me are hoping for. All right, APX, I'll let you get over that cold that you may have. You may not. Seacoast Online, thank you, Alicia. (laughs) Bye, guys. Jeffrey Epstein, the uh, former, well, the late billionaire pedophile, I guess is the nice way he's described in his his, uh, obituary, if you will. Um, that investigation, uh, some of the results uh, in names, names, big names associated with Epstein. And, of course, Ghislaine Maxwell's in prison. She was arrested in New Hampshire, if you recall, kind of the partner in crime, if you will, of his arrested up near off of 89 in Warner, New Hampshire in that morning. And a bunch of names, including, according to major, major news outlets, Former President Bill Clinton is John Doe, potentially number 36. But a lot of names expected to become public. I'm sure it's going to be uncomfortable for some of these people. But where does it go from there? Aaron Rial, our own NBC uh, national correspondent, joining us. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, good morning, New Hampshire, the pulse of an H. Yes, Jack. So hundreds of sealed court filings about Epstein. They were expected to be released yesterday. They were unsealed and were supposed to be released the first of the year. That was a holiday the courts were closed, but then yesterday everyone's waiting for it. I, I reached out to the courthouse and the attorneys for the victims, and very little clarity as to what the delay was. Um, one one situation is that it's going to be released on January 22nd. There was a Jane Doe who was a victim who didn't want her name released. The, there's many, many reasons. But with a case this murky and with a situation where the accused sex offender um, Epstein hanged himself Allegedly, in a jail cell. Allegedly, in New York City. Alleg- I know. allegedly, and I, I say that. I, allegedly, not, I don't. Know. <laughs> yep, I, I, I have no fear saying that. Um, in 2019, I, like you can only the public has a right to be skeptical that this will ever be released. And with a delay, you're like, oh boy, here we go again. But it's going to highlight the people that were associated with Epstein. Many of the names we know, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, Donald Trump. He was bipartisan. This goes across party lines. He just wanted power and he hung out with a lot of people. But there's also going to be people on this list, and this is a very important thing to point out, that did absolutely nothing wrong. There are going to be include Epstein's employees, litigation witnesses, Folks that just he he wove a very large web, and uh, as a result, a lot of people who are innocent are going to be named in these unsealed documents. Many of the people are monsters, but many of them are not. Yeah, and again, though, you know, I guess the question I'm going to have on this one is, what is the aftermath if certain prominent people that had no business, ethical business, being with Epstein on that island and engaging in whatever? guilt by association, whatever you want to call it, where do things go from here, if, if anywhere? 
It's true. And I think the timeline that's going to come out from this is very important, too, because it's going to say a lot, the folks that continue to spend time with him post-2008 Palm Beach, Florida conviction for procuring sex from a minor. Now, he was very popular. He hobnobbed with everybody. So if you were at the right party and he was at the right party, that doesn't necessarily make you bad. But if you knew what he did and you continued to spend time on his island, listen, you know, a free private plane ride to a a beautiful island, many people might say yes. Like, that doesn't intrinsically make you wrong. But doing it repeatedly and with a person who had such a dubious background, yes, that that, that raises red flags. Or there are accusers still alive. And if they're saying one thing, are they being taken, you know, if someone was there a lot and the accuser says they were there a lot, uh, where does it go? All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Jack. Anna Brown, Citizens Count, citizenscount.org, joining us. Good morning, New Hampshire, regular contributor. 20 days to go, Anna, before New Hampshire votes first in the nation in our primary. Absolutely. And it's getting really, I think it's really getting into that phase where I am a little sick of seeing presidential primary ads. And I'm sure that many uh, New Hampshire voters can agree. I've, I've, I had to see one more edition of the Trump campaign attack ad against Nikki Haley over Christmas vacation. I, I think I could probably recite the whole thing from memory by now. It is very clear that right now that's really the race that everyone is watching. Nikki Haley versus Donald Trump in New Hampshire, because it does seem if there's a state where she can overtake him, it would be New Hampshire. And, you know, it's interesting. I did tune in this morning and heard Bill Binney's endorsement of Nikki Haley. There are also the ads running that are Governor Sununu endorsing Nikki Haley. And I think that ultimately the primary is going to come down to turnout of that Republican base versus turnout of that undeclared independent voter base. And if they, Governor Sununu and Nikki Haley and all of her supporters can get those independents to turn out in droves, I think that they are, there is a chance when you're looking at polling, she's, according to some polls, within striking distance of Trump. I think yeah. that is possible. When you look back to 2008 and John McCain and sort of his path and how he was able to ultimately take the nomination, once again, you know, he came from behind and took it in New Hampshire. Yeah. But on the other hand, when I'm looking at, you know, what happened with the main secretary of state over the, the Christmas break as well, those are the type of moves that are really going to galvanize, galvanize the Trump base, that hardcore Republican base. So I, it, I think it's going to be well, a little bit of what happens in the news over the next two weeks, just in terms of what motivates people to get off the couch. Well, you just hit the, 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 the big nail on the head, Anna Brown, citizens count, because I do agree that overreach is, in my opinion, like the Secretary of State of Maine, purely political, interpreting that fourth, 14th Amendment um, will only help. But the question is, and you would probably know as well as anyone, you just hit the nail on the head. Independent voters, they don't have much to play in this primary with the Biden side not running. Writing in, writing in Biden's not exciting. Joe Biden's not exciting. So if they want to play and they could vote in the Republican part, uh, primary, how, what percentage of independents are going to take part in the primary and potentially vote for a Republican and the presumption in the classroom is independents may not be voting for Trump. Would they be voting for Nikki Haley? If that's, if there's enough independents who vote, it could turn these national polls upside down that are suggesting that it's Trump's to lose. For sure. Because I think when you look at Iowa, that's definitely a much more traditionally 
conservative state. New Hampshire is the place where we really, you know, sort of take pride in our independence as voters. Most people I know, frankly, identify and say, well, I'm an independent. And they'll say that before they make almost any political statement, frankly. Not everyone, but most of the people that I run into when you meet people in Market Basket, you know, the vaunted halls of democracy in New Hampshire, I swear, it's Market Basket. It comes up so frequently in political debates. But so I, I do think that also it's a little hard to track in polls what independents are they going to come out and and vote in that direction what do you think do you think they will given the primary coming up and all the attention on it or not i think they will but i i think that the question is going to be how motivated like what am i trying to i'm trying to say that i think that if there is more action that relates to court cases against Donald Trump and him getting taken off the ballot, I think that just the attention will be on that. You know, people want to feel like they are excited, like they're part of something, like there's a chance. And so I think the challenge for Nikki Haley is going to be sort of creating that feeling of exciting news and that things are happening and that there is a challenge there. Because I think if it more just, if the news is more dominated by Trump, good, bad, chaotic, as Nikki Haley would say, then I think that independents are just going to feel like, ugh, this is just more of that normal political mess. I'm I'm not even going to bother. So there's another intangible, Anna Brown, that I want to ask you and talk about, and that is what I'm seeing, and actually not seeing because I don't go to these events. What I'm hearing from people like Alicia Preston Santhopoulos, who was there last night in Rye at the Wentworth, by the Sea Country Club for the town hall with Nikki Haley. What I'm hearing from people last week or the last few weeks, there's some genuine, what's the word, energy. Energy that's following her campaign. People showing up at these town hall events that maybe haven't been that active before, don't really know who they're voting for, but they're showing up. And I've seen this only once or twice. I saw it way back when the late John McCain was sort of fighting to win the primary one of the two times, and he showed up in Bedford, New Hampshire on a snowy night, and the the crowds were waiting for his bus, waiting for him. There was an excitement. You could feel it. I saw it with Bernie Sanders, believe it or not, in 2016, where the crowds, the state police would come in and say, Jack, I don't get involved in this stuff, neither neither do you, but I'm telling you, there were 10,000 people lined up around the building to hear Sanders when he was running in that, when he won the primary. And same with Trump back in 2016. 10, 12,000 people showing up. I'm, sometimes I look at where's the energy? Where is the energy going in to a primary election and who's it with? And I, that's what I'm asking, and I don't know right now, but it seems that it seems to be maybe more mounting around Nikki Haley, whereas that Trump goalpost is kind of that same number not moving on the field. Absolutely. That's the other thing that I would agree with, is that that Trump number is – has been very steady. It's, it's not, I don't think it's really going to swing up or down in any way. It's all up to Nikki Haley, and if she can really capture that energy that you're talking about, that's exactly what I was talking about. That's exactly when we're looking at John McCain's path in 2008. It's that idea of, once again, get people out to the voting booth. And I think that local campaigning, frankly, is really where it's going to be at for her in New Hampshire. We all take a lot of pride in our primary in New Hampshire, the idea that you can meet presidential candidates. And so I think that it's she also has that power to make New Hampshire voters 
feel like they matter as opposed to just getting lost in this national machine that is Trump versus Biden. So for her, if I am not, I do not run campaigns. I work for a nonprofit that just tries to provide information about things. And you do a great job at it. Thank you. But if I if I did dip my toe into the political field, I would definitely say for her, it's got to be all about that ground game in New Hampshire over the next few weeks and keep it New Hampshire centric and focus on those positive, energetic things, because it's that's what's going to get and, people motivated. And, you know, there's another story, Anna. we only have a minute or two. Anna Brown, Citizens Count. Check it out. Citizenscount.org. Bipartisan, nonpartisan um, site. But this is the question I was going to ask is that. I'm seeing another dynamic shaping up in this Republican primary. Last night I heard in Rye at the Wentworth, you had John Sununu Sr., John E. Sununu, and obviously Chris Sununu already endorsing as Governor Nikki Haley. Bill Binney, who ran for the U.S. Senate, he's kind of a, um, you know, I'm not saying, he's kind of more of the, what I would call, business Republican-type person. So you're almost seeing a lot of the Republican powers to be swimming against Donald Trump or away from him. And then you have the Trump Republican faction here. And I've always asked the question in New Hampshire when it comes to primaries, is the Republican Party in New Hampshire lately the party of Sununu or the party of Trump? This is the ultimate question, because when you look at previous Republican primaries, it has in New Hampshire, most recently, it has appeared to be the party of Trump. Governor Sununu's endorsements have not swayed in the U.S. congressional or U.S. Senate races. It ultimately went to Trump-endorsed candidates. This, But the difference there is what you and I are talking about, where it's the excitement of independents to dip their toe in or not. Let's be clear, though. You and I are talking about how there does seem to be momentum for Nikki Haley in the polls when you go to events. She is still absolutely fighting an uphill battle. And the more news attention that Trump hogs up, like I said, positive, negative, chaotic, whatever it might be, the more she even talks about Trump, frankly, I think is going to work against her. So it's is it the party of Sununu or Trump? We're going to find out. Honestly, still, I still think, you know, at this point, Trump holds the more sway and and it's that uphill battle. We're going to find out. Anna Brown, thank you, Anna. Enjoy your Wednesday. Thanks, Jack. All right, going to take a quick break. Dan Egan, Tenny Mountain. We're having some fun talking about the upcoming Kaboom X Freestyle event and freestyle show coming up at Tenny Mountain in Plymouth. Back in a moment with that. He's the officially the general manager at Tenny Mountain in Plymouth, minutes on the Plymouth State University campus in the heart, in the center of New Hampshire, back open big. And, of course, Dan Egan, legendary part of the Warren Miller film series, legendary skier of all kinds, joining us. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of an H, the official ski area of the show, Tenny Mountain. But, Dan, we have some real snow on the forecast this weekend, and you're here to tell us about the Kaboom X Freestyle Show. Take it away, sir, and I hope you're well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jack. We're kicking off the new year in big style up here at Tenny. Uh, two nights, Friday and Saturday nights, uh, 7 to 9.30. We've got the top uh, action sports athletes on the planet coming to flip snowmobiles and uh, mountain and uh, motocross bikes off a ramp. They're going to fly uh, 70 feet in the air, Jack, flipping, twisting, and hanging on. Well, you've done that. You've done the- that. <laughs> yeah, just trying to hold on, make sure the landing's okay, you know? Uh, I don't know how you did it, but you still do it. Hey, tell us the who, what, when, where. When, you know, uh, the specifics. On. Yeah, come on up. Uh, tickets are just $20. Skitenny.com. Kids under 12 are free. Uh, the gate opens at 5.30. Show starts at 7. 
uh, with an intermission. Uh, you get to meet, greet with the athletes, poster signings, the whole bit. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you're telling, you're talking the, the date. I want to get the right date for our listeners. Yeah, Jan fifth and sixth, this Friday and Saturday, uh, this coming weekend. Awesome. So Friday and Saturday, double, and that's a tenny. And you talk about some of the other fun stuff you're doing because we all know that you know the first week or two in December into Christmas it was kind of a tough mother nature. But you got it going. You get this event. People should get out and go have fun at this. Plus, you have the Great Lodge. Take it away. Yeah, for sure. You know, of course, tubing's going to open this weekend for everybody that wants to go on our uh, tubing track, which is a lot of fun. We've survived the weather, so we've refreshed all our trails, and we've got new trails opening here daily. Uh, so the skiing's pretty good, Jack, uh, despite the weather, despite what you're seeing. Cold temps are here, and there's snow in the forecast. Yeah, this weekend we're going to get some uh, a good a good amount while this is probably happening. Uh, Dan, the other thing, too, is I think the, 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 the niche you're filling the lane, Tenny Mountain has a great history, but the location, 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 and then the venue for families and the affordability. Can you talk to that a little bit? Well, I mean, really, you can't beat the price, right, Jack? You know it, I know it. The corporate skiers have gone out of control. They've lost their minds. Here at Tenny, $65 weekend, $45 midweek. Best value in the in New England, really, for skiing and riding on a big mountain. 1,500 vertical feet, two lifts, 48 trails. Uh, so we still want, uh, skiers here. Uh, you don't have to be part of the big boy show to go elsewhere. You can come up here, use our beautiful base lodge and get a good value and a great meal. All right. So again, the who, what, when, where Friday and Saturday night this weekend, kaboom, (laughs) take it away. That's it. Kaboom. Yeah. It's going to be high flying action sports athletes with snowmobiles and, and motocross, uh, gates open at 5:30 PM show starts at seven. I'd love to get out there some Friday afternoon after the show. Thanks, Dan. All the best. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. That's a Tenny Mountain. Check out the site. Get the tickets. 20 bucks to Friday and Saturday night. Great, great partner and friend. In 2024, Tenny Mountain, the official ski area of my show, the Pulse of an Edge, Good Morning, New Hampshire, and, of course, Six Hour. We have a great new partnership with them this year, powering the show. Six Hour over at Pease International Trade Port and beyond. Great, great employer, great manufacturer, great company. 